What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Scratch Agency podcast hosted by Scratch Agents for Scratch Agents. My name is Stephen Turnbull, founder of T5 Insurance Services in Utica, New York, joined by my co-host, Sean Fitzgerald, founder of LAF Advisors in beautiful Long Island, New York. Folks, in this podcast, we discuss all the trials and tribulations that we have experienced in our Scratch Agency journey from different backgrounds, different experiences, and different points of view. We hope to provide you with the value to dig down deep, believe in yourself, and take a leap to owning your own future. Let's get into today's show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Scratch Agency podcast hosted by Scratch Agents for Scratch Agents. Mr. Fitzgerald, how are we doing over there, sir? We are doing well, my friend. I went to my first NHL hockey game last I night. I can't believe it. I can't. How and, uh, old are you? You know, we don't have to bring those numbers up. I'm thirty I'm something. Gonna be th- I'm going to be 34 in two days, actually. It wasn't just your first NHL game. It was your first hockey game, no? First hockey game, yeah. First I was trying to make game. it sound better than it was, you know? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. How was it? But it was What'd great. It was great. MSG. You can't go wrong with MSG. Not MSG a bad place is, for your first game. Oh, the energy was great. The Rangers won. I know that's Steven's favorite team. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. Go Sabres, <laughs> dog, right? You know it. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I don't know if you can see it. I got my Sabres jersey in the back I here. I like that. So that's from Doug when they did the Kraft Hockeyville thing. Um, every year they pick a two teams and they play at a community rink. And my town, little town here in Clinton, got chose three years ago. Uh, so Kraft Foods puts it on. And what they do is um, they use a different community. You know, you put an application and then they come and play, have practice all day, and then they play a preseason game in the town arena. And um, there's a, a funny picture on the NHL uh, Instagram of me uh, pushing some little kids out of the way to get Eichel and Reinhardt to sign my jersey. But <laughs> I got it done, whatever it takes. I love it. I love it. That's right. Get it done. But, everybody, we're super excited to have today to have Doug Benz on the show. He is the president of New Buffalo Insurance from Buffalo, New York, home of the Sabres. Doug, how are you today? Thanks very much I'm, for joining us. I'm great, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me very much. I'm excited to be here. Why don't you start by uh, introducing yourself, maybe talking a little bit about uh, New Buffalo Insurance and the, the history and the story, and then we'll get into what we want to talk about. Yeah, right on, right on. So um, we are in uh, Buffalo, and um, we're in the city. We're a block or two north of what uh, I'd call the downtown district where the tall buildings are, so it's a pretty urban spot. And um, and we just celebrated six years in business, so we are uh, very Congrats. much a scratch agency. Thanks. Yeah, I know. I remember on day one, it seemed like maybe this would never never come. You know, it was like holy <laughs> smoke. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 been a great ride, and um, you know, I'm really happy that uh, that I did it. It wasn't necessarily my plan. It just kind of uh, like like maybe you guys too. It just sort of unfolded this way and uh it's been really rewarding so um uh we have uh, a great thing going i think we have some awesome clients and we have some really nice carrier relationships and we got a great staff so um uh all good things coming from buffalo these days so tell us how it unfolded doug how did you stumble into the insurance industry and like what when when was the aha moment where you're like all right i gotta start my agency you know yeah right so um I worked in the newspaper and magazine business, actually. I was a photographer, and I did that. Um, uh, Started in college, and I had some really good success with it in my 20s. But um, I turned 30 in, like, 2008, and it was when the economy had sort of crashed, the Great Recession, and I I think print 
media was especially hard hit. So it was like some foreshadowing of maybe what was to come. And, you know, I had a young family, so I thought as, as, as much as I've enjoyed this, it's, it's probably not something I'm going to do for like the next 30 or 40 years and retire. So I yeah. kind of just started looking around, you know, like what business can you get into that's a good business? I was, I was, I was stuck on the idea of residual income. Um, you know, when I was taking pictures, I'd get paid to go take a picture basically. And that was it. Um, yeah. so unless you can clone yourself, you know, you're, you're, you're limited, <laughs> but I thought, man, if you build up a book of business and, um, and, and earn a renewal every year, like that sounds pretty great. So I kind of just, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, other things you got to go back to school for or needs need training for. It's a pretty low barrier to entry in our business. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go get a license. And I found some guys that had a a small shop and they said, you know, here's a desk and a phone book. And if you want to uh, come in and make some calls, if you write something, we'll pay you. And, um, and, and that was kind of how it started. So, um, uh, I never looked back and I, and I, and I'm happy to be here for sure. I love um, that because, uh, you know, it's probably not the best way to get thrown into the industry, right? Like here's a phone book and start making tiles. But, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a few people, uh, when I was first at a nationwide agency, a few people that started like that. Hey, here's the phone book. Here's the phone. Go you know, do your thing. It was you know? at the moment I thought like, you know, I could be doing worse things than, yeah. um, than sitting here making phone calls as uncomfortable as it sort of was honestly to get a rhythm doing it. And, uh, I thought like, I can do this, you know, I've, I've done worse stuff. It's like, it's not, not digging a ditch, you know, and, or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just kind of plugged away and it took some time, but, um, uh, you know, I started kind of focusing on contractors and that was, that was nice. about the amount of support I got. There was, you know, if you get an appointment, you know, maybe we'll be able to go on it with you and kind of show you the ropes a little bit, but, um, uh, you know, there was no salary. There was, there was, there was not really leads to speak of maybe something here or there, but, um, yeah. but it was go, um, go eat what you kill. So that was going great. And I spent a few years doing that. I was still kind of doing my other gig. And, um, and uh, they offered me this opportunity to, to um, move down to Florida, to Naples, Florida, and, um, and, and, and kind of be the office manager, if you will, of a scratch startup that they were working on there. So I did that and it went really well for uh um about three and a half maybe close to four years and um uh around the end of 2016 i was just kind of like what's next for me and i had this idea about starting an agency and um and uh for a few reasons i i thought going back to you know my hometown to buffalo would be a good place to do it and it has been so um so that was sort of it i I uh, had a friend with uh, that owns this building that we're in, and I so I started with him, and he said, you know, I can give you an office, I give you free rent for a year, you sign a three year lease, and I thought, man, all right, I got an office. So then getting markets is of course uh, a big challenge, and I'm like, well, I bet if I just kind of like put a sign up on this office and get a license, you know, for the business, I I could get some appointments, and if I don't, you know, I'll have to I'll have to find like. Um, like an aggregator of some kind that can give me some yeah. market access, but, but it worked out great. We, we started asking for appointments around this time of year in 2017. And by April, um, uh, we, we had enough market access to be dangerous and the rest of sort of it's history, beautiful. we just sort of started, started running hard. 
That's beautiful. And how, how bit how, how what's the makeup of your agency now? Like personal versus commercial, and like what does your agency look like? Do you have any producers or staff? Yeah. Um, so uh, there are um, one, two, three, four, five, six of us here, um, nice. including um, including uh, a part time kind of um, clerical person, and okay. um, and I have a producer that, um, you know, focuses mostly on commercial stuff. My wife, Liz, who's awesome, handles most of the personal lines rating. Gotcha. And, um, and then we got a couple of account managers besides that, Louise and Emily, and, um, and uh, they're rock stars as well. So um, I pretty much focus on the commercial stuff. I don't know in terms of revenue breakdown exactly what the percentages is. I would say it's... Yeah. Probably a little greater than the sixty forty that you often hear, uh, kind yeah. of by default. Maybe more in like the seventy thirty range. So good, good. Yeah. yeah. So if we if we let's go back to two thousand seventeen. So you get the you get the the heck of a deal on the rent there. You get the free year. It was it you and your wife that just started building the agency. Did you bring a staff member on automatically? Was it just you? How did that look back in two thousand seventeen to start? Yeah, agency? it was just us for a while. So as you guys know, when you're starting out, there's not a ton of service. So um, I think we had uh, Emily, who, who's who's here now, I think came and joined us part-time from the beginning. And uh, my sister-in-law, Kristen, back then, she came in and would grab the phones a little bit so that you, you could go on an appointment and then somebody would cover the phone. And, um, and that was kind of how it was. So I think we had some part-time help from uh, at least, I would say, six, six eight months in. Um, we probably had a, a little bit of help in the office, but... You know, it's tough. Like that first year, you're just trying to make it through the first year because then you can at least bank on the renewals. You can say, okay, last year in April I did this. You know, I I don't expect that to change much. You know, okay, if I can get to April, May, I've got got some good stuff in there. Maybe after that I'm going to really have to bust my butt in July because that's a softer month. So just like just getting through that first year was like um, was was tough. It was pretty, pretty lean. Pretty, pretty, pretty lean for us all around, you know. Yeah, but, um, for sure. But we did it. We did it. It's crazy, but somehow we did it. Yeah, and that's yeah. me right now. I'm on the treadmill. I see the big, nice, juicy meat in front of my face that I'm trying to chase at my eight month <laughs> mark. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Looking forward to those renewals and then you'll... taking it month by month after there. So I can feel that. Steven, you'll be there before you know it. You know, you get back around. You're like, okay, that was a year. It went fast, and. um and uh you know and to get the, hit those renewal commissions was just the best feeling um to me more so even starting the agency than even when i started as a producer you know it was like man okay like this feels great so start knocking on some uh uh, uh doors of uh, profit sharing and um uh you know it feels like it's really coming together so and Doug, did you go an aggregator route, or did you uh, you wanted up just getting the direct markets on your own? Yeah, we wanted up just getting direct markets on our own. Really, we never had That's to awesome. go that route. We had pretty good, um, pretty good luck with that. You know, nice. uh, one of our carrier reps um, said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'll point you if you get involved with Big I." And and, and at that time, I, I had never been. In, involved with it too much in my old agency life and mm-hmm. uh, i didn't know too much about it but i was like yeah sure you know and um and i uh, kind of forgot about it and and uh you know a few months later she called me back and she's like okay here's the deal but um that's been really great and i'll tell you one one thing you guys may 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 know as well 
is um, at big eye events, you know, you find a lot of the carrier reps, right? So totally. um, it's where the it's where those um, those district sales managers or those carrier reps or whatever you want to call them kind of congregate and they support the organization and their events. So um, so that turned out to be really helpful for me because all of a sudden, you know, I'm around all these people and I'm like, hey, I just started an agency and, you know, they, they were offering me appointments in, in, in a number of instances. So um, uh, that was a great help in getting set up. But but we, we for better or worse, I know people that love it. We never really ended up going the aggregator route. We kind of hung in with just direct appointments and it's worked out okay for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a similar boat now, which, you know, I was try. I was thinking, you know, I have a few direct appointments and the relationships are great, but I was tr- kind of towing that line. Like, Hey, does it still make sense to go the aggregator route? And ultimately it, for me, it didn't. Um, but it's interesting how everyone's path is just so different, which we talk about every episode, but Steven, yeah. go ahead. I, I, you were going to say something. That's right. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a part of an aggregator now. That's just really a local play. It's only about 12 kind of local semi local agencies running right down the throughway really, but it's really a profit sharing play for me. And it made sense from where I was at and where I had the relationships from my previous carriers. Doug, what does it look like um, for the agency as far as like marketing and bringing in new business? Are you guys mainly word of mouth referrals? Do you do outbound stuff? Is it, you know, how how does that coming on your sixth year here? What's that life cycle looked like? Yeah. It's a little weird out there coming out of COVID in general. I feel like a lot of the the rules sort of got tossed on their head during COVID because, you know, a lot of these things that you're used to doing, getting out there and pressing the flesh, you know, people that go to, um, you know, all the chamber of commerce type things or other types of marketing groups and, you know, all of those are sort of disbanded or, or migrated online. Um, you know, I've never been afraid again, starting off that way to sort of pick up the phone to just pick a class of business and try and make some calls on it. And, you know, I still believe that, um, you know, that's that's pretty effective. I think that at the end of the day, you know, you research your prospects and you kind of approach them and, and look for a way to bring value. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, you can you can get an appointment a lot of times and you can write some business. So we still do a pretty good amount of outbound stuff. And, um, uh, you know, once you get rolling for a little while, you do get a, a natural network of referrals or, you know, um, uh, uh, children of a personal lines client that's kind of buying a house and pulling the car off mom and dad's policy. So, mm-hmm. um, so you get a little bit of organic growth that way. But, um, you know, I started, uh, um, a marketing group, uh, like a networking group when I got rolling and, um, and it kind of, uh, sort of migrated, uh, during COVID onto zoom. And then everybody decided that they didn't, they didn't want to go, back to meeting in person. So I kind of, it was, you know, it was, I I don't love zoom all the time for that stuff. So I kind of backed out of that a little and and moved on. But, um, you know, I think that in-person networking and marketing works pretty well. Uh, I I would say to someone having done this, you know, when you start out, you're so, you're so happy to write anything that you'll kind of, anything that comes along, you put some time and effort into it, you'll write it. And, um, and now we focus a little bit more on our ideal client. What do we want to write? What are we good at writing? Um, what do those ideal clients look like from a personal and a commercial standpoint and sort of just not be afraid to walk away from some of this noise that comes at you that, that, um, 
can make you chase your tail, you know. This accounts Great in point. certain types of distress or what have you that just maybe aren't in your wheelhouse, you know. It's it's okay to it's okay to do that. So what was the aha moment for that for the agency? Was it an experience you went through with a client that you necessarily don't see a good fit with the agency or was it just, you know, what was the aha moment? In terms for of saying, starting my own? No, in terms of of developing your ideal client. Oh. Yeah, you know, I think just anecdotally we were sitting sitting around looking at some of these pain point folks and and thinking like geez you know they're in cancellation mode constantly and we're like man maybe um maybe the folks that are in those situations tend towards these like monoline personal autos that we have and yeah. uh you know we sort of made this decision that like looking at loss ratios and just business that wasn't profitable sticky um uh, for whatever reason that it fit into some silos that we just decided to say, hey, you know, maybe those folks aren't our ideal clients. So, you know, monoline, um, home or auto, unless it's a special circumstance, like the child of a client is getting their own auto insurance for the first time, we pretty much mm-hmm. stay away from anything. Um, monoline, uh, you know, no prior, that kind of thing on the personal lines. And, and same thing on the commercial lines. You know, I, I suspect... You guys, too, you know, you get calls on people that are trying to do crazy things. You know, they're going to have a company with, uh, uh, you know, negligible sales, and they don't really have much lined up, but they're doing, you know, they're, they're, they're going on four-story roofs to do it, and they're, uh, um, you know, they're going to weld uh, uh, gas lines on, a, on, on the skyscraper roofs or something part-time. <laughs> it's okay to say, like, hey, you know, this is not something that we really – uh, focus on or have a market for and you know best of yeah. luck to you yeah i couldn't agree more with that statement that's for sure <laughs> i feel like yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head with it i feel like um for me that's kind of what i've focused more towards on the personal lines like i really try to stay away from monoline home monoline auto um now listen if it's a referral from a lender and they just want to close it because the deal's coming up real quick and they just got to get it done i'll do it but I, I kind of set the expectation that, hey, once you close and you're settled in, let's also take a look at the auto um, and, and to make sure you follow up on that. You get them on EFT or they pay in full because, yeah, they yeah, right. I, I feel like when you write the wrong client, oh, my God, the amount of time you put into the account, you know, the back and forth phone calls about coverage and the back and forth phone calls about cancellation and having your VA send out can- whatever the case is, you waste so much time, you end up losing money on the account. You know what right. I mean? You, you do, right? Because it's expensive to service this business. Let's face it. You know, yeah. salaries, just from when I started six years ago, I mean, what a different um, what a different situation it is for yeah. um, what you're paying your staff. And, you know, now there there is the availability of, of VAs, which is great. But, yeah. um, you know, um, salary, I mean, I think the salary growth in our industry has been one of the biggest ones, you know, reading some of this trade publication stuff. So um, around where we are, you know, there's, you know, a seasoned account manager um, uh, that's got some, you know, junior account managers under them, you know, they they might earn $100,000 all day long. So it's probably even more down where you are, Sean. So it's a competitive landscape out there. And uh, sure. You know, if you have someone that's earning that kind of money, um, distracted by someone that's in cancel mode, you know, constantly or something, you know, eh, what's the, what's the value of that client? To, to, to you guys me? utilize VAs, Doug? 
Um, you know, we don't actually. Uh, I've, I've used a VA in the past for a telemarketing campaign, and I'm just getting ready to, to do the same again. We're getting ready to embark on another VA telemarketing campaign, but I haven't used them for, um, for office support stuff. But I kind of feel like that's our next move um, uh, for sure. You know, what about you guys? Sean does. Yep. I, I, it's just me right now, but Sean does. Yeah, I've had one for about two years. Uh, I have her through Agency VA. Yeah. Um, and I started well. initially, I started initially, they had like a round robin option of VAs they have. And I didn't, for me, it wasn't a good fit because I have processes and procedures in place. And every time someone new came in, I had to, and it just, it didn't work. And that should have been common sense, but whatever, I learned the lesson. Um, now I have a dedicated person, like I said, I've had for about two years and she helps with a lot of the backend support stuff. So Doug, I don't know if you have any issues with this, but a, a few of the direct carriers I have, especially since I'm in a more coastal area, some of these companies, regional carriers don't download, which oh, okay, sounds crazy, yeah. but they, and they're admitted carriers, they yeah. don't download. So I, you know, I get a new policy. I send it to Anna. I say, Hey, Anna, upload this into AMS save the policy in the management system, make sure all the contact info is put in the correct way, make sure the premiums are in the right way. Um, and then all the renewals come in, I shoot her all the renewals and she renews it in the system. So, I mean, that's just one of a bunch of different things I have her do, but th those were like really time consuming things for me where I'm like, I need to get this off my plate, you know? Yeah. And then uh, I have that's her even great. doing some basic certificates of insurance where maybe there's only a cert holder or maybe there's only somebody requesting it to be uh, AI, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I've found it very valuable. I probably hired her a little earlier than I should have, but honestly, I feel like that was a good move because it gave me a lot of time to train her and make sure she was doing everything the right way. And now it's, um, I mean, like you said, Doug, I mean, the price difference between what I'm paying a VA compared to what I'm pay what I would pay a account manager or customer support staff is just yeah, it's pretty out of pretty this world. Dramatic. Yeah, huge well, difference. And I think Sean. Not to speak for you, but I want you to touch on this. I think as you go with this VA, after being with her for a couple of years, you're learning more of what works and to delegate to her and what works better to have the VA do versus someone else, right? I mean, totally. just based yeah. on our conversations. Yeah. And oh, I mean, what I've done, and I might have touched this on a, a previous podcast, but what I've done is I've built a list inside of Google Sheets and it's a, a task list. And it's, I think now it's at like 35 tasks or 40 tasks somewhere around there. And it says, you know, um, how to generate an auto ID card with, and if you click on it, it's a loom video of me sharing my screen, how to create an auto ID card. Um, and it's literally all the process written out and every process has a video and I share it with her so she can go through, like if I'm ever at, in a meeting and she can't remember how to do a certificate yeah. of insurance with an AI wording, she just goes to the Google doc, hits the video and it's right there. Um, so yeah, I feel like as long as you had the training and that took a long time to set up. And like Steven said, because I brought her on when I wasn't extremely busy, that gave me a lot more time to create that task list, create those videos. And it, uh, I mean, it's been very smooth, but it's just yeah. like setting that foundation we talk about. It took you a long sure. time to set that Excel sheet up and think about how much time that saved you from oh my God. jump on a zoom call and show her how to do it or just do it yourself. Yeah, right? totally. And you know how many times I get those for those people that use Loom, you get like notified every time someone views a video and I'm constantly like, oh, she looked at this. She looked at this. She looked at this. She looked at this. So and I'm like, wow, that and every time I see that, I'm like, wow, that saved me a 15, 
20 minute phone call with her to explain how to do it, you know? So, yeah, Doug, I know we were talking on Facebook yeah. about that. Did you, did you take a look into that loom or you were on, you were on boom, boom, was it? Yeah. Bomb, 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 um, bomb, 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 bomb. We're using <laughs> boom, boom, bomb, bomb. Um, so Just for the record, I ensure a Mexican restaurant called boom, boom, Mex, Mex. So that's why it's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so bomb bomb works pretty nicely for us, and I think it's similar to uh, to Loom, you know, in terms of you get a notification <laughs> when somebody opens it, or uh, um, you know how many times they viewed it and things like yeah. that. So, um, although I hear Agency Zoom, which we use, um, now has that capability, so I want to check that out as well. Um, but that's a great way to do it, and you know, I I haven't done that. Sean, in terms of documenting a process in that way, but in terms of growing, you know, that's like so brilliant because the next time uh, you bring on a VA and the time after that, you know, you have all this stuff like ready to go, you know, so um, nice, yeah. uh, um, it's, it's like extremely valuable, I think, to document all that stuff and have that ready because it allows you to scale, um, you know, without so many growing pains. Yeah. And I did the same thing with, um, the producer I just onboarded. I have, so within loom, you can make like subcategories and folders and stuff. So I have a producer folder and in that folder, it might be how to create an accord 125, 126, how, yeah. to, how to do a submission to Utica national, how to, you know, quote this on the PL rater, like things like that. And That's it, awesome. it's pretty cool. You can build that almost like a whole training program within loom, you know? Yeah, I should check it out because Bomb Bomb's more like you do a video that you're sending out. Mm. I don't yeah, know. Let me know if you want to. Let me know if you want me to set up a demo with Boom Boom, Doug. They're, they're great. <laughs> They'll get right back to you. Yeah. <laughs> First sponsor of the podcast, Boom Boom. There you go. <laughs> you check oh, out Boom man. Boom. Love it. Doug, here's one thing I really wanted to dive in on the podcast today. Um, obviously, with the Scratch Agency podcast, a lot of things we want to talk about are experiences we go through in our Scratch Agency journey, things that we learn from trials and tribulations. And I think you just experienced one of those exact things with a recent snowstorm that you guys had um, and an influx of claims and different things like that. So I'd love to talk about that and how you handled it, maybe things that you learned from it, things that you know, you had it set up that you did well, that you could provide some value to the agents listening. Yeah. Um, that's crazy going through something like that. And, and um, you know, I was in Florida and, and down there, you, we were expecting something, you know, more than we are in Buffalo. So, and I'd been through some tropical storms and, um, you know, some stuff where we had claims down there here, never really, um, anything so bad, you know, I mean, we've had rainstorms when you get a bunch of people that have water back up or something like that, but nothing like, um, the severity of that event that, that, that was, um, uh, the, just this past Christmas Eve and Christmas day where it was like a frozen hurricane, um, that, that sat on our city over Christmas weekend. Um, part of the really trying part of, uh, uh, of it was that there was so much loss of life. I think the final death toll was like 47 people, which is a lot of people for, for a snowstorm, you know, that's pretty, pretty unusual it was the most ever, you know, in the history of, of, of this city. So, um, you know, I was snowed in, I was stuck at home. The internet was out at the office for almost that whole week. So it was just kind of like by the day after Christmas, starting to dig out a little bit. And, um, 
And, you know, I wasn't sure what to do to tell you the truth. I mean, I know we had to respond to our clients and get some messaging out to them, but I, I didn't have um, a, a plan in place, um, and that's going to change. But, um, you know, we just kind of did what we thought was right, and uh, we communicated as much as we could via social media to everybody to say, hey, you know, if you've got damage, kind of like do what you can to prevent further damage and uh, take some pictures and reach out to us um, and, and just sort of expressed some uh, uh, collective sadness, I think, for for just how awful it was. You know, again, Christmas yeah. Eve, Christmas Day, people are freezing to death in their house and their car and stuff. So um, so it was really it was really trying. But, um, uh, you know, now filing those claims, managing those claims, checking back in on those claims, that has allowed us to kind of tweak our claims process because it's been such a volume of them that we're not used to. So mm. everything's going pretty smoothly. You know, there's people that have broken pipes, they have a ton of damage, they're getting huge checks. All the carriers have been, it was a recognized catastrophe, and they've been, um, they've been really excellent just kind of showing up with their checkbook, trying to get people back in shape. Um, as fast as they can. Thankfully, um, thankfully, while we had a lot of property damage, we 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 weren't touched by any loss of life in the agency. So um, all of our clients made it gratefully. But um, a lot of broken pipes, even in places that didn't yeah. lose power. I think you know if you think about like putting a fan on a hot dinner or something, it's going to cool it down really quickly. I think that uh, you know eighty and ninety mile an hour winds. Um, uh, beaten down on a on a building that the heat's on and it just sucked the heat right out of them and uh Oof. and pipes were bursting like crazy you know yeah yeah that's the tough that's the toughest part i i had nothing as severe as what you guys had up there doug but yeah i've been seeing a, a lot of pipe breaking incidences over the last couple of months with like the it's like an extreme temperature shift one day it's 50 one day it's minus seven you know what i mean yeah right but, uh, yeah that's that is a tough thing to to deal with and i think that claims process will will come and find it you know find itself out that's something i'm working on too because i'm in a little bit more of a coastal area than you so i need to yeah i need to button you know, that up myself i mean i think one of our roles i i say this to folks in the office sometimes we're like i mean we're kind of like like counselors almost to people, yep. you know, it's like sometimes people totally. are in these situations, they just want to get it off their chest, what they're dealing with. Maybe hear somebody say it's going to be okay. It's going to work out somehow. Yeah. And, um, certainly through this, uh, um, we saw that, but you know, you see it at other times too, people, their business is in distress or they're, yep. you know, on the personal line side, maybe, maybe someone in their family is sick or, you know, they're just going through a tough time and it kind of kisses, the insurance uh, side of things. And, and, and I think to just say like, Hey, listen, hang in there, keep your chin up. It's going to work out. You know, I've seen much worse situations yep. and people come through them. Um, and I think there was a lot of that, you know, just for sure. A lot of people that didn't even really have a claim. I wouldn't like maybe, you know, they've got a $2,500 home deductible and their fence blew over. They just kind of yeah, want to yeah. talk about it and bitch about their neighbor who they've been asking to take that tree down for years. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, no, people, and uh, you know, we all just kind of collectively shrug and they just sort of want to be heard and yeah. make sure they're doing the right thing, you know? So totally. Um, totally. I think that's well, a big part of the role we, we, we play as insurance advisors, you know? I couldn't agree with that anymore. But Doug, let's, let's wrap things up uh, before we wrap things up, I should say. 
Let's talk about that uh, black tie event that you uh, set up because I think it's a really cool event. Uh, it's different. I haven't heard of anybody else doing it. It's in like a very prestigious area of New York City. Uh, and I think it's just something very cool and different. So can you can you touch up on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. You boys, you boys coming down to the city? It's uh, three weeks from today, I think. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Uh, That's right. Ground running. So. We, we got the blue and orange suit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, You know, I've been lucky enough to be part of, um, you know, uh, some mastermind groups and some groups of agents that get together and talk about, you know, how to solve problems and and succeed and grow and all the things we're talking about a little bit here. And, um, uh, you know, I feel uh, grateful to sort of be included in a group of some folks that are real heavy hitters, especially having just started out and a few years ago I was a pretty new agency owner and um, Hanley was uh, a great one to to, uh, to to invite me to be part of a few different things and um, introduced me to some guys like Chris Paradiso who uh, I just can't say enough about and um, consequently got to know David Crothers and some other people, folks that we all all have gotten to know. So. Um, so I've benefited a lot, I feel like, from um, uh, friendships with, with folks like this. You know, Wesley from Agency VA and, and mm. Daniel Song, who who was a great guest on your podcast recently, uh, Scott and Bradley and, and those guys. So I just thought, you know, it would be nice to have something in New York. I, I noticed in various meetings around the country, people were like, oh, you're from, you're from Buffalo. I'm like, you know, oh, you know, you spend a lot of time in the city. And I'm like, well you know, about as far away as you can get in New York State <laughs> from New York City. But I do like to get down there, and I have some clients down there, and I like to visit whenever I can. I just kind of kept hearing, boy, you know, I wish that uh, – hope I have a chance to go to New York for something. And nothing's in New York. It's a little pricier. But, um, you know, in terms of conventions and conferences, I just hadn't seen anything that was right in the city. And, uh, of course, they're battling back in this post-COVID world. So I thought, yeah. you know, why not – get a group of people together and um and head head down to the city and um and go on a little field trip so we got a couple meetings uh, uh we're going to pop around and um a number of people uh, uh i'm really happy to report are bringing their wives and uh then you got to cap it off with a nice dinner right so we're going to get dressed up and um we're going to get dressed up and have uh, uh ha- have have dinner on um uh, to cap it off Thursday, March second. So I think some people are going to hang out for the weekend a little bit. So um, so I'm pumped up about it. I'm really excited. It feels very real because it's coming right up now. Yeah, it's coming quick. I'm excited. Quick. I'm excited for it, and I appreciate you including us. I, I'll pick on myself since I started picking on Sean, but I've lived in upstate New York now for 28 years, and I I've been to the city once, but I don't count it. So I say that I've never been because I would I went to a Yankees game. And we got on the bus in Utica, and we drove down, and we got off the bus, went into the stadium after the game, got back on the bus, and left. So I don't count it. So yeah. I've actually never been down to experience the city. So it's going to be, to your, like you just said, we're going to go down for the weekend, and Sean and I are going to get together and stuff. So I'm um, really looking forward to it and appreciate uh, you including us for sure. Yeah. The yeah, Bronx thanks, does count, Stephen. That's okay. Perfect. But um, <laughs> is, is visiting the city. But my wife's putting together some uh, spouse activity stuff. So, um, you know, we're all pretty much staying in Midtown, but hopefully we get down into some of the, the cooler pockets like the West Village or something is the yeah. area I love. But, um, you know, part of my thinking in this is uh, trying to 
sort of marry some of the old stalwarts to some of the newer, younger uh, scratch agents and kind of, hmm. you know, get, get everybody dialed in together. Because like I said, it was just a great, um, a great, a great thing for me. You know, you go spend a weekend with some people, you connect on social, you know, you, you, you're maybe on a group text or something going, going back and forth with a few people from it. And um, it's just a great way to support one another. In this business, you know, it's not easy. We're all learning new stuff every day. I don't think you ever start uh, uh, kind of getting surprised here or there by by stuff in this business. And, and just to support each other and, and, and uh, help in that way, you know, it's great. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Well, Doug, we ask everybody this question when we wrap up. But if you woke up tomorrow morning and were challenged to start another scratch agency from scratch tomorrow, what is uh, one piece of advice you give yourself or something you would do differently? Yeah. I'd say, you know, like hammer out your processes right out of the gate. You know, look at the technology that's available. Even though you're small and you think maybe you don't use it, uh, need to use it yet, um, just just think of your business as if you were really large and, and start out your small business with that mindset because I think as you grow – um, that'll eliminate some of the, the hiccups and the curly cues that you run into um, that, that create, like, you know, just the feeling of being a little overwhelmed or our hair's on fire, the phone's ringing off the hook, and, and uh, we, can't even, we can't even answer the phone fast enough, you know, because there are some ways now to, to help with that service and, and, to, and, and to quarterback it with some technology and just things like that. So I'd say, you know, figure out the processes, research the technology, and uh and implement it from day one a lot of it's pretty cheap and it does some really cool stuff you know absolutely so uh just share briefly how they can get in touch with you maybe follow along um if anybody wants to reach out or just follow you on social or whatnot yeah right on thanks yeah i'm an open connector on social if you uh want to reach out doug benz on uh on facebook i'm buffalo benz on instagram you can probably find uh find our agency pages uh through there but um yeah always happy to connect with anybody so reach out anytime please well very good we're looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks down in the city and appreciate you uh taking the time to join us today that'll be great appreciate everybody you guys inviting me on thank you so much absolutely no everybody that's another episode of the scratch agency podcast thank you for joining us do us a favor like the show share the show and subscribe most importantly remember to dig down deep believe in yourself and own your own future we'll see you next week take care thank you so much for listening or watching that episode of the scratch agency podcast we really hope you enjoyed it we hope to see you next time if you have any questions you could reach out to myself or steven on instagram or linkedin and we'll see you next week